we're going to pick up a little bit. Last week, um, you know, we had a real good service last week. BJ left off, let, uh, let off, led, not left, but led off with his testimony. And, and so we're going to sort of tie some of these things back in. Because we talked about the word access. And we've been talking about being a gatekeeper. We're talking about what gates mean. Now, I was hoping maybe to get into the gates but I think we're going to do this teaching because guess what? Trumpets, Sukkot, and everything is right here upon us. So we're going to start shifting gears a little bit after today and getting ourselves ready for the feast. And then we'll pick back up if that's what the Father wants. But I can tell you this, that I do know that everything that we have learned so far, um, because like I said, I wanted to jump right on into each gate. And then the Father says, well, they don't know what to do at the gates. We need to know what to do at the gates before we have a position to be able to be there and, and what is he placed here at River of Life? What is he placed with you as a father or mother? What is he placed to you as a child, you know, or a young teenager? You have responsibilities as a young teenager. Like BJ was saying about the Zeets last week. I just want to say this uh just to capitalize on that, because we talked about that on our Wednesday night um little class that we have going through uh how to defend our faith. And so we brought that back up. Uh, well, really, we were going to do it, and then it just so happened that he mentioned that. But here's the thing with the Zitzitz, and this is one thing that, that I brought up in that, and it's this, that there was a man in the story in Romans 15, there was a man who was picking up sticks. That's what prompted the Zitzitz to start with. So what he was doing was is he was picking up, it's not that the man... Understand this, it's not that the man was picking up sticks. He was telling Yahweh, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. That's what he was doing. He was telling the father, there ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. I know I came out of Egypt. I probably got drug out of Egypt. I don't know, but I'm here. But there ain't nobody going to tell me is, is, is he? And so Yahweh's answer was, stone him. And the reason is, is, is he is a cancerous cell in the body. Look, guys, if you don't think we got troubles today in the United States of America because there's no justice, there's no righteousness, and what happens is, is when you allow this to happen, then you see anarchy and you say, said something about the tzitzit. This is why you're seeing what you're seeing. But the father said something about the tzitzit. And a lot of times people look at it and they say, well, the tzitzit, Ask you to put, when you when you look at the commandment, I'm not going to read the scriptures, but when you read it, it says that he asked you to put fringes. He commanded us, not ask us, he commanded us to put fringes on the four corners of our garment so that we would be mindful to obey Shabbat. No, all of his commandments. But the first thing that he was telling them was guess what the very first commandment is? Anybody knows what the first commandment is? I am Yahweh, your Elohim. So he was telling them, guys, you are a called out, set apart people. You're not like the nations. And I'm going to mark you that you're not like the nations. Remember last week we talked about Matthew 5. Matthew 5 says that you are the light of the world. A, you know, a light set upon a city. You know, you don't put a bushel over it. Why? Because we're supposed to be witnesses for him. And the tzitzit is really a marking to let us know that we belong to somebody. That's what it's about. And so when people, 
Guys, he's trying to set us apart. He's trying to beam us out between the nations, and we're trying to keep covering up everything he's given us so that we don't stick out because what do we want to do? We want to be a chameleon. We want to just sort of just blend in with the rest of society. We want to blend in with the world. He's saying come out and be separate from the world. This is why it's so important. It's a marking, and this is why, you know, I really appreciate what you said in your testimony. Because, guys, I'm telling you, the things that he has set apart in the Scriptures for us to walk, we're supposed to make us stick out like a neon sign. Amen. And that's what we're supposed to be as a hallelujah, not an oh me. <clears throat> because sometimes when we're some places, we like to preach, and then sometimes we just like to blend in. But the thing about it is, is the Father wants us, it's just like the testimony with Jonathan. You know, you go through this thing, second shift, well, here you are. I don't work on Shabbat. So guess what? They all try to work around however they do because, look, guys, I understand it. They don't understand. You know, and they really don't understand. And they're not trying to be mean. They're really not. But you have to go the extra mile to help people understand. And then when you do this, something's going to come up. They're going to see something. Something's going to happen. And it's going to say, you know what? I had this guy. Or I had this lady, I had this whatever. These are us being witnesses in this earth. Remember what we talked about, gate? Gate gives access to something. And, and the thing about it is, access is what are we giving permission to? What are we giving permission to coming in these gates? Our eye gates, our ear gates. What are we listening to? What are we reading? What's like the uh, Jeremiah in the prayer in his word? What are we doing? In other words, just like when you're saying, and, it, and, and look, I know when I had the back issue, I know what it means, Herman, to have a back issue, and I can identify with you. You ain't worried to identify with COVID, but he can identify with it because I'm telling you, you ain't worried about a smoothie or a smoothie king. You ain't worried about fried chicken. Or you, I want a breath. Give me a breath. When you're, when you're needing a breath, that's what you need. You don't need apple fritter. I'm just saying. We definitely don't need no celery. But I'm just saying. But you see what I'm saying? But when, and this is, the, this is the important thing. This is why we were talking about the Father. He has given us power. He's given us authority. And he's given us influence. But can he trust us to operate in that in his name? And not try to turn around and say, it's in my name that I do this and I do that. This is what it's about, guys. And we just, it, look, it's coming down. Somebody's going to do this. I'm hoping it's us. I'm hoping it's going to be this generation that's going to stand up and it's going to shine a beacon and a light through these nations. I mean, look, I'm just telling you, it better be. But I'm going to tell you another thing. When you, when you got the Olympics going on, and I ain't watching them, but I know they're going on. You got people that won't even stand for a flag. You got people that represent a nation, but they're not They're protesting. Why are you there? Why are you stinking there? That's exactly what it is. It's selfish. It ain't about you, big dog. You know, this is not you train. And people pay and people raise money and they do all this thing. And you train and you got a talent to be an athlete and then you're going to go up there and show you behind. But do you know what? People in the kingdom are doing the same thing. He gives us talents and all of that, but yet we don't want to teach this word. 
because it ain't popular. No, Yahweh ain't called me to teach against homosexuality. Well, he has. Amen? Yes, he has. He's called us to teach every bit of this word from Genesis to Revelation. Just the way it is. And you know what? There's a passage in Jeremiah that's fixing to say, Woe to the shepherds. He's fixing to move you out of the way. He's fixing to bulldoze you out of the way. How did I get over there? All right. Let's go to Proverbs 29 too. I don't have it up here. This is something that was given to me. Proverbs 29 too. What does it say? When the righteous are in authority, what happens? Man, the nation, the people rejoices. Can we get an amen on that? When the righteous are in authority, when the righteous are doing what they're supposed to be doing in the gates, the people rejoice. But when the wicked man rules, what happens? Man groans, there's chaos. So what's going on in the world today? There's a lot of chaos, the righteousness, the righteous are not ruling like we need to be ruling. What we're doing is, is I, I just afraid this, this is, I'm, I'm going to get to another part, but here's the thing, guys, we're to be witnesses, let me say this, am I excited and glad what the father did with our forefathers when he brought us out of Egypt and all of that? Absolutely, absolutely, excited about what he's going to do in the book of Revelation at the end time and all of that? Absolutely, but we ain't there, we're right here. We need to be excited where we're at the very day to day in what he's doing and make an influence in this, in this world that we're living in and make our mark today. We need to be the Samson today. We don't need to be, what did Samson do? Mixing stuff? Eyes gouged out. The father has gouged out. We keep horsing around mixing stuff, we're going to have our eyes gouged out. The father has given us a mandate in this time and in this hour. I don't want to be the one to miss this. This is his time. Look, guys, we had an awesome revive. There was a miracle for having, you know, going on up there and, and people getting together. But the thing about it is, is I just really believe that the Father is doing something. Now the very, because I'm telling you, the wicked is in charge and the nations are in chaos. And now the very wicked who's in charge that's been defunding everything and telling, now, they're, now that the wickedness is at their doorstep and their plush little communities and their gated communities now they're saying where's the police well you run half of them off where's the police that's what it's saying you know Yahweh's smarter than we are that sort of novel idea when the righteous are in charge the people rejoice when the wicked is going on you're living in the United States today. This is what's happening. But we can change that. Amen? How I got on that. All right, 1 Chronicles 9. Let's jump over there real quick. We talked about this in 1 Chronicles 9, 22 and 23. And it says this, as gatekeepers, all these, he, he chose some men. It says, who were given as gatekeepers at the threshold were 212. Now, I thought this was odd, this number 212. I got to playing with this number and this number and dividing this number. And, uh, you know, I'm just went, I'm trying to do a Tammy thing, right? Trying to do the number thing. But there's one thing that I found out about the number 212. 
and uh, of the main thing, and it meant brightness. I understand that it means brightness. And then I was like, ding dong moment, Matthew chapter 5, you are the what? Light of the world. I say, because I'm telling you, this number 212, this is about as odd as I can see a number. Because when you start trying to divide, the number 2 will divide into 212. And it will be a whole number, you know, which is 106. It's half of it. But then there's a number 4 that will divide into it, and it makes a whole number 53. But do you know from number 3, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and I got this on, it all, it's not a whole number. There's always a decimal in there. And I got to thinking about something, and we're going to go here later. The number 12 is important in Scripture. It is very, very important. And I thought how it was funny that the number 4 divided into that. But it was just a weird thing for this number 12. But what I understand from the Hebrew meaning, it means brightness. And what are we supposed to be? The light of the world. And then it says this, And they were enrolled by genealogies in their villages, David and Samuel, the seer, because he was a prophet, established them in their office of trust. Guys, he's given us an office of trust. And what he wants to know is, is can he trust us with the office and the mandate that he's given us? <clears throat> he could trust these people. He's asking me and you the question today, can he trust you? This is what he asked me years ago. It's, I've been pastoring almost, we was laying a bit, like, what, almost 17 years. I'm like, it's like a vapor. I've been up here, if I'd have known I was going to be up here 17 years, I would have been living on Kava. You know what I'm saying? I'd have panic attacks. Because you know my story. So I'm just sitting here. It's just, I'm doing this thing one day at a time, one week at a time. When I started, if you would have thought that you were going to have to be shepherding and coming up with messages, look, you guys are smart people. This ain't the regular church where you can do a scripture or two or three jokes and up and down sing some song and do the benediction and go home and try to beat the people at the restaurants. <clears throat> this ain't this place. We're talking about when you open your mouth. These people are already probably knowing the answer before you speak. Amen? So you know the Father has been really gracious to me to help me not be stupid. Okay? I'm just telling you to help me because I'm telling you, I, it's amazing how he makes things jump out of the page on me. He, he is just working on me, but I'm telling you, I am so thankful that he can do that. I am because this ain't me. I'm telling you. The revelations and the things that come, come from him. You know why? Because you're precious in his sight. Now, he called me to do this, and he's equipped me to do this. And I will tell you, the day that I'm not doing this, my light will probably start going dim. But the thing is, it's just like, why? It's like Moses. When he was done, he didn't, Moses didn't have retirement. He didn't just grab him a little tent, a little wagon, and come along with the crowd. It was time to climb the mountain, you know, so... I hope and pray I ain't ready to climb that mountain yet. But what I'm seeing here is there's an office of trust. I like the way they put that in there. And in verse 23, it says this. It says, so they and their sons were in charge. This is why when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. These people were in charge of the gates and of the house of Yahweh, that is the house of the tent, as guards. <clears throat> Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 
Tammy, I'm going to trust and I'm going to leave that cap off that thing. I hope I don't knock that water over. Still getting over that dry cough. Okay, Hebrews 11.10. It says, for he. All right, I'm going to tell you who the he is. The he's Abraham. Okay? But are we descendants of Abraham? Then the he is we also. Okay? For he was looking forward to a city. Now, we know that Abraham never was in a city other than where he probably came from. But he was looking for a city. To me, he, this here, he's looking for New Jerusalem. This is, he's looking for the city. Okay? He's looking for the city that has foundations. Who's what? Whose designer and builder is who? Elohim. Guys, this is one of the most important scriptures that I come across in the, in the scriptures as a whole. Because do you know why it says this? Yahweh designs and builds. We guard and keep what he designs and builds. Amen? What the church world has done, the church world has changed. They have designed and built. What they've done is, is and you're going to see this in a moment when we go to Isaiah. Yahweh does the designing and the building. Now, can he help us build? Absolutely. Remember the people that was in the tent of meeting and whenever they were building the tabernacle and all of that? The person that he, he gave the idea, downloaded, however you want to say it, for the, the lampstand, there was downloaded it to the person that built the lampstand. And he took one piece of gold and he made it exactly like Yahweh says. So, yes, some people build it, but you know what? Who designed it? And that's why it says the very designer and the builder and then guess what? After everything was designed and built, what did he do? He gave the Levites a charge to do what? Guard and keep. Guys, it's that simple. The problem, and I say this for the church world, what we've done is the church world as the whole. I'm just talking about as the whole, this from the time of the first and second century on down is we have redesigned and we have rebuilt is what we've done. And this is why you have different holidays or holy days. You have all of this stuff. People are not doing the feast in Shabbat. They move the days of worship from Shabbat seven day to first day. You, you see what I'm saying? All of these things. We talked about last week, Keith. You remember we talked about the sun, the moon, and the stars were given in Genesis chapter 1 as what? Governance. To govern and it was for the Moedim. It's for times and seasons. Well, guess what? That's a, he put, I didn't put the sun up there. I can't even get stars up. Think about it. He placed the sun and the moon and the stars and the constellations in the heavens <clears throat> to govern us for times and seasons so that we would know when to show up and meet with him. So guess what? He designed that. What we're to do is we're to guard and to keep that that he placed in the heavens. Not use it to do horoscopes. Or horoscopes or whichever one it turns out to be. See, he designs it for a person, a purpose. And what do we do? We're not guarding and keeping what he designs. We want to make it better or we want to do something. We start messing with his design. And when we start messing with his design and the things that he builds, 
We're no longer guarding and keeping. Adam sort of found that out in the garden. We today have found that out, and this is the thing. He is pouring out his spirit today because people are now waking up and saying, you know what? There's something wrong with the design that we've been following. There's something wrong with what's being built. And in the Word, they're starting to see that when we're returning to the ancient past, like the Old Testament is sort of important, amen? And when you're starting to see that, they're saying, wait a minute, what's happening here? That's not the original design. Now, there's a scripture that says Yahweh is the same when? Sort of like all the time. So guess what? If he built something, he ain't changing. He's not changing his design but now what's happening is, is because of the, the fall, now we're having to understand what's the original intent. Because where are we headed back to? The garden? I've often said this. What happened was, is sin kicked us out of the garden. So we go through, we leave the garden, and we're now really out in the wilderness. And now we're on a journey. And our journey brought us to Calvary. It brought us to Yeshua. Who is, because the wages of sin is what? Death. There had to be a, we can't do it. There had to be a death. Original design, because what? He, he died when? Before the foundations of the world. Not afterwards, before. He, you know, so you go to the cross, and then what happens is, is we are redeemed, we are set free. Sort of like a Passover story, where we were in Egypt. Now he's delivering us out of Egypt. But he doesn't just stop there. He goes and he gives us, in our journey from Calvary, we just go a few days counting the Omer until we come to what? Shavuot. And what does he do at Shavuot? He equips us for the journey back to the garden. He gives us his Torah and he gives us his Holy Spirit, his Ruach, to help us get back through the garden. The problem is, is whenever you throw the Torah away, guess what? The Torah is your map, guys. The Torah is the road map. It's Google on steroids. It is it's MapQuest. It shows you, and then guess what? When you have a glitch, maybe, or you can't understand, what is he really saying here? What Do we take a right or left here? The Holy Spirit sort of shows up. And the Holy Spirit helps you understand what the Torah is saying for us as we're on our journey back. But what's happening is, is when you throw the Torah away, people are circling around the car circling around the cross. Revival, I'm good. I get away from the cross. I'm backslidden. I know I'm backslidden. I'm sinned. I'm right back at the cross. And he's up there. Would you get across that wilderness where you're supposed to be? I've already redeemed you and set you free. Go learn how to. But guess what? The church is the whole... This word has been redesigned. This is why they can't find their way from the cross or from the torture stake. This is the reason why you can't find yourself from here back to where you're supposed to be at the garden. Because you throw the map away. You throw everything in here away that's going to teach you how to get to where you need to be. And guys, he doesn't say things in his word. You know, Yahweh don't tell jokes. And do y'all know why he doesn't tell a joke? Because once he speaks it, it's real. He doesn't take that back. Once he spoke it, it's in there. 
evidently we think that he says things that he doesn't mean. He really must, he, the two-thirds of the scripture he must not really mean. And Yeshua comes in here and fixes what he, no. That ain't the way it is. This is, this is the reason why Hebrews, and this is why I'm, I'm, I'm staying right here just for this moment. Because guys, righteousness, when it rules, is government. When wicked rules, it's chaos. But now let me tell you something. When people get messing with his design and his building, there's chaos. Because why in the world does a human being think for one moment that his word is not good enough to get people saved, delivered, set free, free of addictions, and all of the above. That we got to come up with trickery, or we got to come up with some bling bling or some flowery sprinkles on a donut to make it appetizing. And this is what we've done as a whole, and by doing that, you're redesigning because everything means something. We're going to get to, well, let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah 58. Verse 11 and 12. Now, I want to say this, and then we'll come back to it whenever we come back to the gate deals. There's a reason why there's 12. Because whenever there's 12, and, and when Nehemiah and Ezra, when they went back, when they went back from captivity, back and was rebuilding the city, did the king of Assyria, can I ask you a question? Did the king of Assyria give him a plan of how, did he get on CAD or whatever, you know, and, and, and come up with some drawings of how that they were going to go back and build the city? Well, how in the world did they know what to do? The original pattern. Restoration means something going back to the original. Restore means to go back to the original. It doesn't mean to change. Now, I know we can say we can restore things. But if you're changing it, you're not restoring it. Okay, you're building something new. You're flipping, flopping, or whatever they call it on DYs or DUIs or whatever they got that. TYs or something. I don't, whatever the fixer up. You just want to, re that's it. That's what we're doing is restoration is bringing it back to the original. So here's the thing. With Nehemiah, the key was that he was rebuilding an original structure. This is why this is why I wanted to talk about this is because so many people are wanting to do something new because they're bored or whatever the thing is. They don't think that, well, you know, people are leaving can I, I'm just, I've I'm, I'm been meddling. I'm just going to keep meddling. If you look, and y'all can tell me if I'm wrong, and I'm good because y'all do it anyway. I don't have to give you permission. But if you look at statistics today, Douglas, look at statistics today, people are leaving the church. I've been reading that. I've been reading that, looking at it. They're leaving in leaps and bounds. They're leaving. You would think in this society that we're living in, that they would, like when 9-11 happened, when they started bombing everything, you couldn't get a seat. Because they thought what? What did everybody think? End of the world was coming. 
and I, I got to have my ticket. And so you couldn't get poor people that have been in church for all these years, they had to sit somewhere else, couldn't get a seat. But now that's weighing down, and now that there's more and more in all this chaos, you know what? They were lulled to sleep. It's sort of like the ten virgin guys. They're, every, they're slumber and they're sleeping. And so what's happening is, is because the truth is not, they're just tired of hearing the same old stuff come out because really and truly, it's about I fly away, O glory. They're not worried about it anymore. They just know that whenever it comes that time, I'll just endure until the end and then I'm going to be checking out. But the thing about it is, is whenever you know you may be going through, Excuse me. When you're thinking about you may be going through this, it's a different world. And I will promise you this, you better have your zeet zeets on because they're going to pull your clothes down. Because I'm telling you, when all hell breaks loose and you're walking around with confidence and you're not shaken by what's going on, I'm telling you, these people, when they realize that they're not flying out and there's no escape, I'm telling you, these people, you think they're going to flood. They're not going to be flooding back to a seat to hear somebody telling them something that they've been hearing all this time. Because you know what's been happening? You guys, whether you know it or not, you in your workplace, you in your workplace in this town, at Jack's, at these hardware stores, we've laid down a witness and a testimony. You've done it by the deeds of helping one another and serving one another and not asking anybody to come here, not asking anybody that, well, I'll help you if you'll come here, you know, like, you know, give me two Shabbats and I'll give you a... We don't do that. We serve people with a heart that they go tell him and you glorify the Father in heaven for your good works. That's what we do. It's not a tit for tat. That's not what this is. That's what other people play these games. But I'm telling you, you're laying down... A witness, you're laying down the ancient past for people. And I'm telling you, when all hell breaks loose, they will know where to go. And you better be ready because you're going to be bombarded with tell us what we're going to need to do. And they're going to be, guys, you're going to have to be, they're going to be in panic mode. I'm talking panic mode. And look, and, 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 it, and it better not come out of our mouth, I told you so. Because that's the wrong heart and the wrong spirit. You're going to say, you're some people, I'm glad you're here. What do you need to know? This is the Elohim we serve. It better never be where we think that we gloat on anything. Because I can tell you what, he can wipe that memory in just a heartbeat. He, will, he is a jealous Elohim. And he's not, we're not going around and building a bus with our name on it. So and so ministries. That ain't happening. We have to know that he's doing the designing and building. So guess what? We can't take any credit. But he's given us, we better guard and keep what he's given us. Because I'm telling you, the people are coming when all of this stuff breaks loose. Where am I at? Verse 11. Now guys, it says this. It says, and Yahweh will guide you. What's that next word? What does continually mean? Never ending. That's a promise. This is a promise. This is a promise. I want you to understand this. He will guide you continually. There's not even a place in there 
that would give you an inkling to think that he ain't talking about me. Maybe I'm not, maybe, maybe not. He's talking to us. He's talking to the people. He's saying that Yahweh will guide you, guide you continually. And he's going to do something else continually. Satisfy your desires. Well, that's sweet. That's really nice. He's going to satisfy our desires. He's going to continually be with us. But where is all this taking place? In scorched places. Yep, USA is a scorched place. Everything's burning. Guys, I just threw a wet blanket on a, on a Holy Ghost field message. He's going to guide you continually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Satisfy your desires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In scorched places. I don't want to be in no scorched places. Because scorched places ain't a good place to be. I want to be the head, not the tail. I want to be on the mountain and not believe down in hell. I want to be in heaven. All this up and down. You know what I'm saying? But that ain't what he's saying here. Because you know what? Scorched places is where he can move people from sin to righteousness. When people are indulging in sin and there's no chaos, guess what happens? They're not going to change. You know what? I'm talking to all of us. The thing about it is, is I'm telling you right now, when sin, if sin is good and sin was never bitter to my stomach, I wouldn't be here. I'd be still enjoying sin. I'm just telling you. But sin is fun for a season and then it gets bitter to the stomach and then it causes so many problems. And then when it causes so many problems, we get so stinking miserable and we're mad at God because sin has caused this. Because we don't understand the wages of sin is death. But then all of a sudden he sends a savior. And then we, man, all, when you got saved like me, I guarantee you every weight in the world was off your shoulders. Until. Until we got to desiring Egypt again. And remembering the leeks and the garlics and not understanding the strongholds and the addictions and all those things that brought that, all that oppression on us. And then what does people do? They backslide. As Baptists, that's what we always would do. I'm just saying, I lived it, I can say it, and I can testify it because here I am. And I, it was a revolving, it's like going in a hotel with that revolving door, it revived. You just get in there, if, you, if you're good enough, you know to get off. If not, you go right back outside. And you know, and that's about the way I was in the church. I would go in there, and I would just, I'm back outside, back out, and I'm in the parking lot, and I'm saying, how in the world did I get back out here? I see everybody else going in there. But sin kept throwing me out because you know what? I wouldn't repent. I would always say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go to confession. Catholics, go to confession. Knowing good and well, Friday night and Saturday night's coming. And that's what we would do. Sunday morning, I'm telling you, Sunday morning, <laughs> repent, begging God to forgive us of our sin. Knowing I'm once saved, I always say, but what really is totally sure. But... Begging him for, for repentance. Know it, and, and you know what? Feeling good. Going to church Sunday morning, going to church. All the, all the spiritual people went Sunday night. Hey, you was full of Elohim if you went on Wednesday night. But we go on Sunday, everybody goes on Sunday. Be done 
because Dallas is playing at noon. Be done at 12. I'll see you back at 6. Well, if Dallas lost, you didn't see them back at 6. Okay? If they won, you saw them back. And what was they talking about? Their testifying was about how good Dallas did. Okay? This is, this is the cycle that we would go through. And we would backslide. But let me tell you, not only will we backslide, we would backslide in the week. Be full and, and really feel good about ourselves. Monday, man, this is a new week. Hallelujah is a new week. Wednesday, started sweating. Started sweating because Friday was coming up. Friday night, Saturday was coming up. And I've not made any changes. And everybody is saying, are we going to do this? Or are we going to do that? And peer pressure, everybody says what? Oh, yeah, we'll be there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, after it's all over with, we're convicted again. And this is a vicious cycle that we live in. And this is why once saved, always saved was so appealing. Because now I don't have to worry about because if he comes back any minute, then, you know, I got my checkout ticket. Until I realized one day that the Baptist was the only one that believed in once saved, always saved. I said, uh-oh, where's your checkout ticket? You know what? There's something called apostasy. What does that mean? This ain't good. Can this happen to us today? Absolutely. You start reading in the scriptures that we always jumped over when we would do our Sunday school little readings. You know, we jumped over certain ones that didn't fit up with our doctrine. You know, especially like Acts. I mean, I don't even know why they had Acts and Corinthians for the Baptist. Back to Matthew, to John's. In the beginning was the Word. No, we don't do the Word. But I'm just telling you that what the Father's doing is, is guys, we might as well understand that we're going through scorched places. But Yahweh is going to be with us. You are where he's at. It don't matter what it is. Because now let me tell you why this matters. And the reason why we're going through the scorched places with everybody else, and this is the reason why. It's where the sinners are. And this is what he was saying. He says, so he's going to guide us, he's going to satisfy us in scorched places, and he's going to make our bones strong. He's making our bones strong because we need to stick out. He's making us healthy, and he's going to make us strong bone. He's going to make us be able to be people of health, divine health, walking through a diseased place. And he says this, and you shall be like a what? Well-watered garden. Well, in water, what's really appealing in a scorched place? Water, this is no different than Matthew 5. You're going to be a light set on a hill. Because when you are a well-watered garden in a scorched place and people are looking for water, you're it, guys. You're the water of the earth. There's no different terminology. You're the light of the you're the light of the earth. You're the water of the earth. He has to do the scorched places 
so that the people in sin are suffering. And when you're walking around like a well-watered garden, they're going to say, what is going on with these people? But guys, we can't be hiding our water. We got to be able to be out there ready to help minister to people however we need to minister to them. And you know what? Not minister to the people that you like. Minister to all people. So he's telling us this. He's saying, where am I at? Right here. So he says, you will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring of water. Guys, is this not awesome? Whose water does what? Never fails. I promise you this. Let, let me say this. Forget I said I promise you this. I can't promise you squat. This word promises you this. This word promises you, you guard and keep what he designs and build, and he will do his word, and you will never lack anything. That's the promise that he gives you. Not me. I can't promise you anything. I can't, I can't even keep my hair on my head. I'm just saying this is, these are the, this is the Elohim we serve. But here's the problem. We start redesigning and rebuilding. Guess what? All bets are off. You're going to be the one that's not a well-watered garden in scorched places. This is why this is so important in this day and time, in this hour that we live, because he's fixing, to, well, he's already been showing off, and he's been showing off with you. He's been showing off with a lot of people. I'm telling you what's been happening. I know I'm hearing some things out in the community. People are taking note because they're seeing now, they're feeling these scorched places, and they're starting to see that there's people that it's not bothering. I'm going to finish up with this scripture. Verse 12. Then he says this. He says, your ancient ruins, if they were ruins, that means that they were demolished. He says, your ancient ruins shall be what? Rebuilt. Rebuilt to what? To the original. Because he says this, you shall raise up the foundations of generations. Generations are all those that's behind you. He's already, he has done something. He's raising up these foundations from the generations. He's looking for a people that's going to guard and keep what he designs and build. What he is raising up and he is restoring. Are we going to guard and keep? Or are we going to try to be a people that says, you know what? You don't know what you're doing. I got a better way. If you're going to do that, then you know what? You're not going to be that people. We're not going to be that people. We're going to move on off and he's going to raise up another generation. But he says, your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt, and you shall raise up the foundation of many generations. You will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Now, our job is to repair and to restore everything back to the original. Now, I'm going to end with this right here. Years ago, whenever, and I told you some of the story, but, I, but for some of you may not know. Years ago, I was with Baptist, and I met a Pentecostal girl who was going to the Assemblies of God Church. Now, all we knew was church. We didn't know about a Hebrew root. We didn't even know they had roots. Okay, it was one of these deals. So we started going, and you know, and, and all of these kind of things. Like I said, you know, um, I had long hair. I had a mustache. I did not fit in the Pentecostal environment. I was someone who 
she brought out of scorched places into her church building. And so here, when you are, when you are, when you are the, the devil, maybe, outcast, no, I'm more than outcast. I mean, it was really, I mean, it was like, I mean, when you, when you got to realize when we were in a, Cherie, you know what I'm talking about sometimes. When you're in a United Pentecost, you know, you get to a certain spot. I'm just saying, I'm being careful, but I'm just saying I was, I just wanted you to know I was the outcast. Now, I was definitely a light on a hill, okay, but I wasn't the light on the hill. I was like the toad of the frog, okay. I, I'm just letting you know this, but here's the deal. I stood out. I mean, you got to understand, we're talking, back in the day when I was there, everybody had long hair except Pentecostals. They didn't have long hair unless they were backslidden. Well, long hair, well, I mean, I had it on my shoulder, but then I did, I got a little sanctified. I cut it up around my collar, but it was still over my ears, and I still had, and I was ashamed of my lips, so I still had a mustache. This is, these were the things that you're told when you're in there. But here's the deal. The deal was, is when you're in that environment, I know I'm sticking out because I am the center. And I mean, I, I'm the one that when they do altar call, I'm the one that they're probably expecting to come running down here to get delivered and, you know, cast everything out of me, the spirit of uh, covering lips and spirit of covering your ears and the spirit of all of these things, okay? This is the way it was. So anybody testify that's been there? Amen, okay. So I'm just saying. So, but to be that person and then to have a minister as he's ministering, and, and you know, and when they minister, they minister. I mean, they're, they're like almost singing and uh, and everything's got an uh on the end of it. And you know, it's just, they get this uh, and uh, like Yahweh uh. And so they got a God uh, and Jesus uh, and everything uh. Okay, they're uh. And then all of a sudden, but when this man turns around and stops and points at me, I'm like, this is the time that the Baptists close their eyes. You know, but he points at me and then turns around and tells me that the Father has called me to preach. I'm like, you know, I'm like, dude, I know you got the wrong dude. You know, and I, and I, and you know, and you got to understand something for that man to say that and point at me. You got to, you talk about his reputation when he did that. They don't do that. But this guy didn't care. I, w I never met him after that time. He had about three or four. Brother Cam, but he had a, a bunch of weeks he was there. But he would go, but he didn't care. He would just call it out like he saw it. He would show up. He, this man could read your mail. He'd read your mail. You do something wrong, he'd tell you where you was doing it and what time it was. This dude read your mail. But other ministers that didn't know me from Adam's house cat said, your ministry is Isaiah 58, 11, and 12. Told me, that's what my ministry. Now, look, I'm 22 years old. I don't even want to be a preacher. I got a good job offshore. I'm making good money, like I told you. I need tires, I buy a car. I'm making good money. This is before inflation caught up with me, and I got upside down and things. But I'm just telling you, life is good. I mean, I'm working with a good company. This is not, you know, your little store down. This is not Dollar General. And the thing about it is, and, these, and then all of these ministers, and then they, they don't know one another, because I'm telling you, because then we went from a very conservative Pentecostal to a more 
charismatic, they called them sinful Pentecostals, I guess, because they're a little bit more, I don't know what you call them, <coughs> charismatic. I don't know, what, what are you going to do? People are judging people. People judge people by the way you look and your hair. That's, yeah, don't you look at me like that. You had them hypocrite britches on. So uh, she'd wear these old palazzos. They're all big old baggy things. Looks like a dress, but they did split. They call them hypocrite britches. They wasn't. Okay? So, but kulaks. That's right, they were called kulaks. They wasn't cool neither, but they were kulaks. And then, you, I mean, it was just as, I mean, on, on when you were at church, Clean face, when you go to work, you had a little bit of beige, a little bit of, what do you call it? The foundation. So we couldn't wear makeup, but they could, you do a little foundation. What I'm saying is, is if you've ever been in church, you ain't understanding what these people are telling me. Because these people, and I'm just telling you, this is the reason why I know that this is the hour and the time. Because they're giving me this stuff, and I ain't got a clue what they're telling me. They're saying a repair of the breach. All I'm getting is a repair of the breach. All I'm getting is, is they're thinking that I can help men relationship. Or I can help somebody when they, they got this guy and this guy, you know, who gets, who, if we're going to play eight ball, who gets to go first? And I can sort of help them so they don't fight. I don't know what the, I'm just, that's what I'm thinking. Repair the breach. When I read that, I ain't never even considered ancient path. I read over that. What's an ancient path? You know, Apaches? You know, Indians? I'm just saying. Navajo, I'm just saying, good, our good Indian, I, I, don't, I don't know what ancient paths are. I mean, what are you people telling me? Can't you give me Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John? Can't you give me something I can understand out of the New Testament? You know, give me something, at least Paul said, even though he's hard to understand. Give me something better than Isaiah. I don't know Isaiah, I don't know any of the prophets, because we just didn't read that. But when he gave me that, and then I started studying it, and then all of a sudden, one day, when we start, I mean, look, we went through so much change from where I started to what the Father had to bring us. But do you know the reason why I know now why I had to go through what I went through? So I can identify with everybody in this building. Like Roy, recovering Catholic. I can understand what that means. You see what I mean? And from the Baptists, from the Assembly of Gods, from UPC. I've been a part of all that. Charismatic, how crazy we were. You know what I'm saying? And I can identify because we walked that way. I mean, yeah, everybody thought we were nuts, and you know what? We were. But the thing about it is, is we were on a journey. The Father led us on that journey because, you know what? I needed to know how to relate to you. And this is the reason why the journey has led us to this place. But he is bringing all of us too because we've all been in these places except for what? All of these young ones that are sitting back here don't have a clue what I'm talking about because they were raised here. They've been raised in a Torah observant community. They don't have a clue what I'm talking about with hypocrite bridges. They don't have a clue with all of this stuff. But I'm just saying all of us who's been here, we know what we're talking about. But all of the young ones don't know. But you know what? That is really and truly a blessing that they don't know. They don't have this stuff. And this, 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 because you know what? We, look, guys, now look, I am not dissing on my journey. 
I'm thankful for my journey, and there's a lot of people on our journey. Look, there's people in these congregations around here don't know they love Yahweh. They love Him. They don't but name. They love Him, and they, they love Him, and they'll do what they, they love Him. But they're just in a place where they've been taught where things have been redesigned and rebuilt. They don't know any better. So I'm not dissing on that. I am not 100%. I'm having fun with it because this is where I've been. But I'm telling you, the Father is calling people. Other people are now starting to into what he's built. And this is where you and all the other people are now starting to, to fill in place and to come in place. Because I'm telling you, this right here, if it, and I, and I, I promise you this, and I'll hush, I hope. Tammy says, please hush. <laughs> so anyway, this is the reason why I am so confident of being here. This is what keeps me going, guys. This right here, because I'm telling you, when you can take people that, look, these people heard from the Father. When they were in the assemblies, and they, they did, they heard from the Father. We were in the season and the journey. We can hear from the Father. And you know what? They're still hearing from the Father today because that's where they're at. That's why we don't, we don't condemn that. But the thing about it is, is what we do is, is we encourage because one to the they're going to come with that place to where they got to come on out of Babylon. They got to keep moving. They got to keep heading back to the garden. We, we can't be stopping in the journey somewhere like all of us has done. We built our little churches in the journey. We got tired of moving. And so we're just sitting here having church right here in the journey. And he's saying, get yourself over to the garden is what he's doing. And so this is happening. And so he's breaking down these walls of separation. And he's building his body like he sees it to be, be built and be, fit, and be fit. But this is why this is so important. We got to know that we have to be people that he can trust. <clears throat> and that's why he told me, I believe, that years ago when Bill asked me, he said we, he was dying. We didn't know he was dying. He knew more than what we did, but he says, will you take this? I said, no. I said, I'm not going to pastor here. And he said, uh, I wish you would. I said, you need to talk to somebody else first. He did. They agreed, Then I said, then I would. But here was the deal was this, is that then the father grabbed me and really said, can I trust you with my people and just get out of my way and don't redesign and rebuild? If you'll do that, life will be good. And then I started to understand Isaiah 58 because that was a journey because that's when we started coming into Hebrew roots and that's when I became a pastor 17 years ago. And that was all he, he knew. I was scared to death because I thought he was calling me at 22. You know what? I couldn't have saved a spare tire at 22. But these are the things that he called me. But you know what? This is why when he calls and gives you something, don't panic. Because in that, he knows exactly that time and that day to put you where you need to be. He's not going to put you out there before the time. Amen. Anyway, I love you guys. I really do. And you know what? I'm going to tell you this. I love my Christian brothers that's out here too. And I know we love them too. We have family. We have people out there. There you go. I love that. And so we love them. And all, I, all I'm saying is, is I just want Yahweh's will to be done on this earth. And I'm just wanting us to get with the program and quit holding this thing at bay. I'm ready. We're ready. The Father's ready. His kingdom come as it is on earth, as it is in heaven. Let's get this thing moving. I just wanted to encourage you that, guys, we're going through scorched places, but we have a promise. And you will be a well-watered garden in these places. 
It doesn't mean that you're going to be scorched and all of that. If you are, then you need to look at yourself. If you're scorched, that's, that's, that's on you. You know better than be scorched. Amen. We know what it takes to be well watered and to be alive. Amen. Let's pray. Redeemer of Zion. The glory.